Welcome everyone to the Kingdom REI podcast. It's your host, Ellis Hammond, founder of the Kingdom REI Mastermind. And we have another incredible guest. Uh, I've known this brother for a long time. He, he helped found an organization called Generous Giving. Um, when we first met, I told him we have a, uh, a massive problem as Christians. Uh, we want to be radically generous but yet we also want to be radically comfortable. <laughs> and uh, if you're nodding your head to say if that resonates with you, then today's going to be a, a massive episode for you, for your faith, um, for your business, I hope. And so without further ado, let me introduce to you, Todd Harper. How are you, brother? I'm doing great, Ellis. Very excited to be with you guys. Yeah, man. Well, uh, we had a chance finally to meet in person for the, the first time just a week ago down in Orlando for our Mastermind event, and uh, you were the best wake surfer on the boat, from what I remember. <laughs> it was a fun way to meet out on the boat. I loved it. Oh, uh, no. I'm giving him more credit. Sunshine. Yeah, man. Well, I, uh, I'm excited to have this, this episode. So, Todd, there's a ton that I want to get into this today. I mean, your background is... is is really unique, and I just want people to hear it from me first, just so they know what we're going into. I mean, you you had a, a long career with Crew, um, Campus Crusade. You also helped manage high net worth um, families and their wealth and their capital, and then you founded an organization called Generous Giving with the mission to help leaders, influencers, really be generous with their with their money and, and unleash a generation of generosity from folks like listeners of this show who are prospering in the marketplace, who have made a lot of money and figuring out how do we really unleash this, this component of generosity. So I, I don't think there could be a greater topic. And um, I don't know, I just think this is, this is going to be really sweet, man. So would you tell everyone, um, introduce yourself, where you're at in the world, and then let's start with generous giving, understanding that organization a little bit, and then we can back up into your story. And, and I want to pull some things out there. Sure. Yeah. Todd Harper, I'm calling in from Orlando, Florida. I live here with my wife of 33 years, my college sweetheart that mm. I married uh, back. Lucky in, girl. Yeah, right. <laughs> a lucky guy. Best sale of my life, for sure. <laughs> uh, we have five kids, uh, wow. all grown. So our youngest is 22 and out of the house. Although How many kids did you have when you were on staff of Crusade? Campus five. Crusade. Get all five on staff of campus. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. uh, so life was full. Um, but for the last 20 years, Alex, a little over 20 years, I have been working with this organization that I was one of four founders of called Generous Giving. Uh, that has been an unbelievable joy and privilege to, to get to encourage people to be radically generous to God's kingdom. And I'm excited to be on this call today with you because probably the thing that I enjoy more than anything else is helping wealth creators hmm. change what they're solving for. Because the typical wealth creator, even Christians, the, the, the paradigm of the world is to maximize net worth. That's the game, right? I mean, that's such an easy way to keep score. Is my is my net worth is my balance sheet going up and to the right? And I think what I love is to help people change that end goal because that really ultimately is an empty 
goal to maximize net worth to what end. But I love helping people change what they're solving for from maximizing net worth to maximizing kingdom impact. I mean, that is a monumental shift when somebody switches from how can, how can I accumulate the maximum amount for my own benefit to how can I continue to accumulate, but it's for a different purpose, right? It's for being a blessing in the world and living into God's unique calling and purpose on my life. And it, it doesn't mean necessarily that we create less wealth. It just gives a much different reason, motivation, and sense of purpose to that wealth. Does that make sense? I'm fired up. I'm, I got so I I not not just because I'm fired up, Todd, because we've talked about this a lot. We've done a lot of things together with our organizations. I just got hard questions for you because I'll be honest with you. I still uh, I love it and still don't believe all of it um, in the sense that like I don't believe it enough to really implement it all and um not that i don't see it it's just the obedience part is a lot harder than the acknowledgement part and so uh really really excited to chat i I love it man so yes i think that really helps our folks um really can let me ask you this what type of folks that are part of this organization can you explain because I think we hear nonprofit or your help, like talk about the amount of wealth and capital and businesses that are actually involved in your organization. So people understand. Well, our focus from the beginning has been uh, our, our mission is to spread the message of biblical generosity in order to grow generous givers, especially among those entrusted with much. Hmm. Okay. So that's kind of been our 20 year history. We were, we were founded and underwritten by the McClellan Foundation, which is a hundred plus year old business or the the business that created the wealth went public in 1913. Uh, The foundation, the family foundation has been around for 75 years and their motivation really was as a generous family, they wanted to invite other families that were like them into this joy of giving. Um, so that's really been the focus of our work is, is serving families that have surplus, that have extra and helping people kind of answer that question. Why do we have more than we need? Um, and then kind of growing that network. So, I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no number that you have to you know, be worth or earn uh, but we do have, a, a, you know, thousands of families that have been impacted by this message, have been involved with this movement, who have, you know, lots of surplus wealth that they're putting to use for the kingdom. Yeah, I mean, I've seen incredible people share your stages, Hobby, CEO of Hobby Lobby, the Green family, Tim Keller. There's many guys that I think people would be familiar with who uh, have spoken on your stages, have come through your programs. Even one of our advisors, Ryan Smith, is how we got connected, Todd, Elevation Capital. So um, a lot here. So uh, let's back it up a little bit because there's a couple of things I want to, I need to understand about you, Todd, before we get into generous giving is, you know, you had this background in crew 
and you you dealt with major donors and then you had this kind of wealth advising um season of your life i'm just curious like what were some of the principles there in managing wealth and meeting with large donors like what were some of the things you learned about the wealthy early on in the way that christian good or bad really that you know wealthy christians kingdom-minded or not kingdom-minded uh used and dealt with their money real estate professionals i'm talking to you are you serious about growing and scaling your real estate business or portfolio this year do you lack a community of peers who share your ambitious vision and love for god listen i know early on i felt like i had to choose between these two passions oftentimes my communities were split between business and faith and there really wasn't a place where both entrepreneurial success and kingdom advancement was being celebrated this is why we started the kingdom rei mastermind the real estate mastermind for kingdom leaders who are investors fund managers syndicators brokers lenders eager to honor god and transform their communities through business success look we've helped more than two dozen real estate professionals just like yourself find resources partners or just even giving them permission to take their business to the next level while keeping the main focus on the kingdom of god so uh, listen, if you're interested, this is truly an application-only community. Why? Because inside of our mastermind, relationships are everything. We believe this is the key to growth. And I want to invite you to see if you qualify by heading over to thekingdomrei.com and filling out an application. I personally screen all applications, and if I think we can help you, we'll set up a call to discuss further. Look, there's no reason you shouldn't head over to thekingdomrei.com to learn more. Request your invitation. Start building relationships and doing deals with the best kingdom leaders in the industry. We have testimony after testimony to prove that you are literally one connection away from the faith, the family, and the business success that you desire. So don't wait any longer. Head to thekingdomrei.com. Well, yeah. So great question. I've been around lots of people with wealth for the last at least 25 years. So that's kind of my experience set. I didn't grow up in a super high net worth family. I kind of grew up in an upper middle class family where part of my journey was my own struggle for more uh, and really wanting to be rich as a young person and kind of surrendering that to the Lord. So that's, that's a part of my story, but I've always had the opportunity to be in relationship with people that have, have been blessed financially. And so, and I'm, I'm kind of fundamentally curious. So I like to ask questions. I like to make observations and through the years, I've, I've just seen that, you know, more money doesn't make someone happy. Um, you know, the level of success doesn't make someone happy. What really makes people happy is giving their lives away. I, I mean, I just, I like to say I've never met an unhappy, generous person because uh, there's something about shifting our orientation from self to others that is fundamental to our Christian faith, but it works. Like, you know, I mean, of course, that's my my worldview is that what we're invited to live out in the scriptures is for our best, right? That's God's heart towards us. And 
Um, but that's that's been what I've observed is people who had a lot of money and were focused on keeping it, using it, uh, enjoying it for themselves, that enjoyment is elusive. And those that were not orienting themselves that way, you know, that were orienting themselves towards being generous, it was like, man, these people are so winsome, so attractive. And that was really the early on, Ellis, in my journey when I started relating with significant givers to crew in my late 20s, that I started seeing that. And I mean, I was, it was very, very attractive to be around generous people. Mm. And that that's just continued to affirm that the principles in God's word are true, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. I mean, that has been undoubtedly one of the most powerful evidences of the truth of God's word is watching the fruit of people's lives, the, the contrast of people's lives from, from givers to takers. So let me ask you this, Todd. Let's say people are still in the come up. Right. So we're they're they're not in the ultra high net worth column yet. Um, and they're still on the come up and trying to build a business or grow their net worth um, with even the hopes to one day be radically generous and give away a lot of money and whatnot. I mean, what have you seen in your experience and like how how do you you know, wh what is the I'm not even sure my question. I just know that a lot, a lot of people are hearing this and saying, yeah, I, I really want to be generous one day, <laughs> you know, like when I, when I'm there, when I get there and I can give away a lot of money. And, and I, I just, I guess there's the tension that I feel of like wanting, you know, the, the wanting to be generous, wanting to help people be generous, but also want them to help them get their money situation. Right. Because, you know, w without being able to be financially free, it's sometimes hard to focus on other people than yourself. And so that balance, that tension is where I feel like I wrestle with sometimes my own life and even helping others. Can you speak to that as well? Start there. I think, I think one of the great lies is that someday I'll be generous mm -hmm. if I'm not generous today. I mean, that I, I actually believe the enemy's greatest tool is just to say tomorrow. Mm. I'll do it tomorrow. And so my observation of, of radically generous people is that they have flipped the mindset from ought to, to get to, and they don't want to wait to get in on the joy of giving till someday in the future. Now that doesn't mean that you can't accumulate wealth, but don't fall into the trap that you can multiply your money faster than God can. Because fundamentally, that's what you're saying. If you're, if you're holding back on giving so that you can multiply capital so that someday you can give. I don't say much when I'm talking to Todd because I'm writing too fast. So I'm like, so if there are awkward pauses in this interview, everyone, it's because I'm writing notes here 
uh, because Todd had some of the best one-liners that I like to meditate on because it just hits to the core. So you said don't fall into the trap that you can multiply your money faster than God. So I, can I just keep poking at this? Because I think this is helpful. This is where I, we, I'm going to be the, the, the voice in our heads that no one's willing to speak. But Todd, I mean, but should I not focus on multiplying though? Like, should I not focus on making sure, you know, like, I mean, and, and I guess that's my question, you know, most people are going to hear is, should I not then focus on multiplication? How do I strike this balance? And is it just money that I should be giving? Do I have to give money in this season? Could I just be generous with my time? I think that's a really dangerous trap. Uh, because I think Jesus went after money. The reason we do our work at Generous Giving and go after financial generosity is because Jesus did, right? So the Bible, there's 2,350 verses in the Bible about money and giving. Dwarfs every other topic. So why might that be? Why, why, I mean, God created the world out of nothing. He spoke it into existence, right? He doesn't need our money. But what did Jesus say in the Sermon on the Mount? He said that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That was verse 21. In verse 24, three verses later, he says, you can't serve both God and money. So there's, there's no other thing elevated in scripture as a primary competitor to lordship in our lives. And so that's why giving breaks the power of money in our lives. It's a it's an act of faith to give money away, especially on the way up as you as it per, is perceived to be scarce. Right. But it's a, it's a demonstration of my faith in God that he is my source, not me. And I'm not prescribing what, you know, capital allocation is supposed to be between your spending, your investing and your giving. But I'm saying that trap of I'm going to accumulate it until I can give it away. I've watched so many people go down that path. And guess what? They never get to that place where they have enough to give because money's become their, their God or the things that money can buy for them. Um, and so that, I just want to, I want people to be free, Ellis. I want them to experience God. I want them to, to live into trusting God as their source because that is the only place of freedom. But if I really believe God has my back, then I can be free to be a channel, a conduit of his blessing, as opposed to needing to accumulate it for some future state. So Todd, in your experience of dealing with lots of wealthy business owners and people who've created a lot of wealth in their life, I mean, do most people, do you find that most people that are part of your organization got this early on, or do you feel like they kind of had a half point where they half time, you know, half a half time, I guess, where they made a lot of money and realized this didn't make me happy. Uh, what do you fall? What do, what do you see typically the story being? There's no one answer to that, Ellis. Um, I think anybody at any point on their journey can, 
can have this epiphany, what I like to call the light switch, switching on from ought to to get to. Uh, again, I think most people approach their giving as something they ought to do. They've been taught, somehow they've picked up that giving is something that is a good thing, kind of like eating your vegetables. Right. You ought to do it. Um, and many people do. I mean, our, our world, Ellis, most people who come into a generous giving world are givers. You know, most I would say are even tithers, you know, giving away 10% of their income. And what we really do with those people is we create these environments where that 10% can shift to 20 or 50 or 90. And it's like, we didn't know people lived this way, but why wouldn't we, if it's, a, if it's something that we get to do, right? That changes everything because desire is infinitely more powerful than duty. So that epiphany can happen early, late, I will tell you this, Ellis, this is one of my most um, poignant comments from someone who came to one of our experiences and the person who invited him, he, who was 40 and this gentleman was 70. And he looked at this 40 year old friend at the end of this generous giving journey of generosity that he had experienced. And he said, where have you been? for the last 30 years. Where were you when I was 40? Mm. And my friend was like, well, what do you mean? I, I was 10, <laughs> that's where I was. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, the 70 year old said, I've spent the last 30 years of my life building bigger barns. Mm. And he said, I think it's easier not to build them than to tear them down. Mm. So let's be giving along the way, as opposed to accumulating some number in our head that, you know, then we can afford to give or we can afford to give generously. Um, let's do it all along the way, Ellis. And that's, that's, those are the people I'm most drawn to are these wealth creators who are irrationally generous with what God has given them. And it's like they, you know, one of my favorite lines from uh, an old RG Letourneau wrote a, wrote a book on mover of, called Mover of Men and Mountains. And he, that's the first time I ever heard of somebody living on 10% and giving away 90. And he, he said, you know, I, I shovel out as much as I can and God shovels it back. Mm. But God has a bigger shovel. Where do you think it, we're talking around this, but what have been some things? Because I, I, I feel like I, I know a lot of what it is. I mean, I feel like everyone just has a level of fear. And it's what you said that you said. I don't think we definitely, this is a statement I wrote it down, that we fall into the trap that you can multiply your money faster than God. We, I, we, we just don't believe that. Like, there's a fear that if I f don't focus on building my net worth, don't focus on creating financial independence, like in some ways we have to, like, I, 
there's a fear there, Todd, honestly, right? And I think for a lot of people, for myself included, of like, well, if I don't focus on it, it's not going to get there. Um, if I'm not intentional about it, you know, we're, we're not going to be there. And because and I do think we see a lot of folks who don't have financial education, and they do, there's cycles of poverty, right? And so, and even in my statement, it's interesting, as I'm kind of diagnosing my own self, I'm just noting those are the excuses we make to not be generous, right? Oh, well, I don't want to go and I don't want to be like this camp. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to continue to live in this cycle of poverty. So it is interesting that we find other people to kind of peg, say, we don't want to be those without being generous. So I'm just making that note, but I do, there is a question here of what, what have you found if that be from the words of Christ, if that's stories that you guys share that help people move past this fear that, I can't be generous because I don't want to live in poverty. Yeah. Well, that's, that is what we do is we share stories. So for anybody listening who wants to check any of that out, generousgiving.org. Um, and we've got all kinds of stories of entrepreneurs, you know, wealth creators who have chosen to live, I guess you could say biblically, uh, which is another way of saying counterculturally um, and living into things that people I think are afraid of, but then you get to watch the, the other side of that kind of living, stepping through that fear into faith. And it's just incredibly attractive. Um, well, I think we all want to see God show up in our lives. And yet there's a tendency that we have to to play it safe. And I think I miss what God wants to do when I'm playing it safe. Hey, real estate investors, those of you still on the fence about the Kingdom REI Mastermind, I want to let you know about an upcoming event we have in August of this year in Dallas, Texas. We are bringing together some of the biggest names, brightest minds of the multifamily industry for a three-day event. This is the exclusive opportunity for our Kingdom REI Mastermind to really get together and learn from industry leaders who are also kingdom-minded and the chance to rub shoulders with the right partners who can help you grow and scale your real estate business. So if you're interested in the Kingdom REI Mastermind and attending an event like this, go to thekingdomrei.com to request your invitation. That's thekingdomrei.com. So what I really want is to experience God showing up miraculously in and through my life, but fear keeps me from that. And I think that's a, that's a bad trade for us who are listening, who are traders. <laughs> I, I want it. all that God wants for me mm -hmm. and for my family. Mm -hmm. And I don't want fear especially fear of my own comfort in this. I mean, that's what it is, right? I, I don't want to be uncomfortable. Like you started off this broadcast, right? I want to be radically generous and I want to be radically comfortable. Um, and I think, I think that is a tension. And how do, we, how do we live into that? And yet I, I will tell you the passage of scripture that is most, I just love this passage of scripture in 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. It says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to place their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but command them to do good, to be willing to share, 
to be generous and to be willing to share in this way, they will lay up for themselves treasures in heaven mm. as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I mean, that, that is a message for our what was that audience passage again, today. Todd. It's first Timothy six, 17 through 19. It's this incredible warning challenge and also invitation because i think i missed the line that god gives us everything for our enjoyment i mean there's so there's this balance um one of my one of my most generous friends likes to say there's there will always be enough when we work diligently live simply and give generously i really like that frame of you know we are called to work we're called to produce and multiply the parable of the talents right i mean jesus wants us to take what we have been given and multiply it but the question is to what end it's not about self-enrichment it's about being a channel of god's blessing to others and you know that was the life of Jesus, right? He, mm -hmm. though he was rich, he became poor so that we through his poverty might become rich. That's second Corinthians chapter eight. What a picture of the model of, you know, the God of the universe who invites us to be like him. Mm. Um, and again, I just go back. I want to repeat that. I've never met an unhappy, generous giver. That's where life is found. So let's not miss it on our journey to this place of accumulation and ultimate generosity. You know, someday, someday I'm going to be more generous. Like, let's step into it now and just see how God shows up on the journey with us. Yeah, Todd, I, it's just, that's really good, man. I, I love that line, playing it safe keeps me from God. You know, and the thing that's coming to my mind, and, and I'm speaking to my audience here, you know, I think there are a lot of us that want to experience God in a deeper way, and we're asking the question, well, you know, is it my quiet time? It's like, like what books do I need to read? Or what, like, what, I, I don't think any of us, if we ask the question honestly, you know, am I really fully living into my potential? Am I really fully living into who God's calling me to be? Am I really fully experiencing God the most way that I could be in this season? Most of us are probably going to answer that question wholeheartedly, absolutely not. And the case that you're making is along many points, but it, it may not be that complicated. <laughs> like, it may be as simple as writing a check. Because I, it's so, I wrote down that line that you said from that guy who was 70, that it's, it may be tougher to tear down the barns than to build them in the first place because of how much uh, that just seeps into all, all that we do and all that we are and all that we think about. Um, I, I loved your mission, that your, your goal, your mission is just to set people free and you already made the note that Jesus talked about this a lot more than he even did salvation because he knew that maybe unlocking this for people might lead them to salvation in a new way. Is there principles, Todd, like now that you've been around really wealthy people, 
you talk about a scoreboard for a competitive guy like me, a scoreboard is helpful knowing what I'm shooting for, what I'm building for. How does the scoreboard change for the generosity heroes of yours? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it, it totally depends on different situations, circumstances. Um, one of the close friends that I'm kind of advising on his journey, kind of young young man who's got more than he needs and he's wrestling with how much to give, how much to save, how much to invest, um, how much to spend. You know, I said, hey, I think, bro, why don't you just start with an idea of giving as much to others as you're spending on yourself, which, you know, is kind of a simple and yet radical idea, right? I mean, we tend to think of giving as a percentage of our income, um, but he was really taken by that vision. Like, yeah, that's cool. I want generosity to be a hallmark of my life. What if that was where I started my generosity? is giving as much as I spend on myself. Now he's a single guy. He doesn't have to take care of a family, um, but that's kind of an interesting idea, right? Um, and so there's all kinds of different ways to think about this. You know, maybe, maybe my goal is to always be giving more than I'm saving because I wanna prioritize my eternal home more than my temporal home. Um, you know, I, I, reluctant to give answers, you know, hard and fast answers, but I like these ideas of aspirational, you know, another one is just to give 1% more each year. I've got a friend who's in his eighties now and in his thirties, he was, he was a committed 10% giver and late twenties, early thirties. He said, I'm just going to give 1% more a year. And he's in his eighties now. And he said, he's, I've never missed a year. He's given away more than 90% of his income. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, th there's just kind of these ways to move my heart away from my own self-orientation and be increasingly others focused in my kind of journey. And anything that I can do to kind of do that, another, another really profound idea, Alice, that that maybe is the most powerful idea is to actually answer the question, how much is enough? And that's a totally different question to ask ourselves, right? Instead of how much should I give, it's really a question of how much should I keep? And how do I answer that question? Well, what, how much do I need to take care of myself, my family, my business? The problem is if we don't do that, the answer tends to always be more, right? That's the, that is the pull of the culture. It's the pull of my own human nature. And so I'm trying to find things to arrest that tendency. And one thing that listeners might consider is just being in relationship with someone or some others who are encouraging each other to be generous and to have financial transparency into your situation and say, Hey, how do you think, how do you think I'm doing? I want to, I want my life to be, 
used for things other than myself. This is a significant area of my life, my finances. People don't tend to have, you know, transparency into, into others' financial realities. So who's a safe person or persons that you can invite into that for feedback, for encouragement, to, you know, lean into these ideas of being generous for the sake of others? Mm. That's really good. I, I think about I mean, just that idea of financial transparency, most of the time, that's something that we want to keep close to the chest. And yet having some other people to walk this through with and be vulnerable to say, here are my finances. Like, you know, we've chatted about that within our mastermind and the things that we've led together, Todd. You know, and, and that that's, in, we've not yet got to that. But I think that's something to strive for because it's just so easy to forget or it's like it's it's just so easy to move back into complacency and to know that you're being held accountable by someone is is really huge in this and i and i want to remind people like the whole point of and this is why i love chatting with you todd because you remind me that the mission the goal is to be free to experience more of god none of this is to take away from our experience or our freedom with christ but um God, Lee, man, it just there's such that mindset I think that comes from secular culture that says no happiness is in in accumulation, not in in giving. Yeah, and, and it's a it's a total lie. Yeah, and if you if you think about it, if you think about people you know who are wealthy and and not generous, you know that that's not the answer, and yet. For some reason, there's a pull for many of us that 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 provides some level of significance, security, comfort that that is it's a lie. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Todd. To not I don't want to not like change the topic. We're still in the same topic, but I do. I I remember when I was sitting in church before I became an entrepreneur. And I was on, and I was a missionary at the time, and I was beginning to feel a sense of this entrepreneurship thing arising, wanting to go build a business, wanting, understanding the need for capital and, and the, 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 the goodness of creating profit and, and being able to use that and leverage that for good. And I remember sitting in church and the pastor did speak about money, and it was probably the only time that he had spoke about money that year. And it was much more sure around the wisdom of of not storing up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy but in some ways it upset me because it was the only thing that we had ever chatted about money that it was more fear-based and more don't accumulate but it just never seems like todd there's enough messaging on helping entrepreneurs especially kingdom entrepreneurs create and actually build and actually multiply their talents into greater resources. And so I'm just curious, like, how much should we talk about both? Because it seems like we need more conversations around the, the seduction of accumulation. But I feel like we should talk about that a lot where we don't talk about the multiplication of the talents or success is to multiply right in Matthew 25. So where does that what is that what is like you know you know our mastermind community and we really do try and strike a balance between both where do you think that is and how much do we 
you know what I mean? Like, how do we talk about one without harming the other? I guess is my real question. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you're, it's a great question and they're both real issues. Um, and, you know, that's, that's probably why the way I started this conversation was around helping entrepreneurs change what they're solving for from mm -hmm. maximizing network to maximizing kingdom impact. If that takes place, Ellis, it doesn't minimize the creativity, the risk-taking, the, it, it fuels it. And that's been the greatest joy of my life over the last 20 years is getting to be around people like that who are going for it in their businesses, but not for themselves. It's for the sake of others. Um, that's an incredibly exciting thing to watch, to be a part of. You know, one of the stories that you are familiar with that we use in every one of our journey of generosity experiences is this business owner who set out to be a conduit of God's blessing. And his business has grown 25% a year for 30 years straight now. It's gone from a million dollars a year to half a billion dollars a year in sales. And there he lives on. $150,000 a year. They gave the business away, literally all of it. Well, there's all kinds of risk-taking and entrepreneurialism and wealth creation. And he's inviting people into that business. They gave away $25 million last year. Uh, so all of that dynamic of risk and building and multiplying is there, but but they started with this recognition that there was a risk personally to over accumulating and that God's calling on their lives was they thought they were going to be missionaries. And instead God called them into business and they went into business with a very distinct purpose to build a great company culture and to build God's kingdom through their business. And, I, I know dozens of families like this, and it's incredibly attractive and compelling and, and missional, right? It's, it, they're, not, they're not playing it safe. They're taking risks. Um, and it's just that they're, the primary benefit of all of that risk and effort is building God's kingdom. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. I got so many ideas for us to chat about once we hit stop on this recording, by the way. This has just been so good. <laughs> uh, wow. What would, when you say helping entrepreneurs, kingdom leaders change their, what they're solving for, let's say someone's writing down, I want to have X amount of net worth. Right. My, my goal is to have this much in net worth, this much in passive cash flow. What, what are some steps tied to really that idea of like changing what we're solving for? Because in some ways it's like, I want to have this much in, or I want to have this much so that I can go do this, or I can impact this. So how do you begin to change the underlying thought there of net worth to kingdom impact um, with keeping the desire to build and grow and create, right? Like, how would you counsel in that regard? Or how do you see folks being able to make that change? 
Yeah, I mean, a simple thing is to for your goal to be how much you give away as opposed to how much you accumulate. So just change the number you're solving for. I mean, that's that's a simple thing, but it's a it's a shift in mentality. You know, I have I have a balance sheet. I keep track of my financial world and I have a net worth, but I have an eternal net worth as well that I've been keeping for the last 20 years of my accumulated giving. And I want my eternal net worth to significantly eclipse my temporal net worth which is a change for me. I mean, when I was younger, I didn't want to do that. You know, I mean, not giving felt like a, a chore, like an obligation. Um, but God has so changed my orientation and it helps that I can see on a sheet of paper, like, hey, my eternal net worth is going up. I want to, I want to lay up treasures in heaven. I want to send them on ahead. And yeah, I've got financial needs. I want to care for my family. I don't want to be destitute. So I also have a temporal net worth, but I'm trying to move money from my temporal net worth into my eternal net worth consistently, systematically, generously. I think that's awesome. I, I, <laughs> I just like, I can see that. I mean, that's cool to me. Like that's a scoreboard of like, I personally need something to go after to achieve. And I think a lot of people listening probably have that. So I, I kind of see that scoreboard of like me, I don't necessarily, I mean, I know we give a percentage of our stuff too, but I don't really see how much that is over time. I, I don't know how much we've given in the last two years or whatever, um, or, you know, 10 years, but to, to mark that could be significant because that is a goal to achieve for is my eternal net worth higher than what at my temporal net worth, because we are eternal, right? We're not temporal. I just think that's so cool. Todd. That's such a helpful, how can we even talk, talked about that before? <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> you should put that into the journey, man. Um, wow. Heaven, not earth is, is my home. And I need to remember that. And I, I, anything I can do to help remind myself of that is good for it's good for my soul but it's also good for my relationships right to realize that this is not all there is how do you how do you get your um significant other on board on something like this what would be the steps in hey i'm i i'm like you're married you want you want to be on the same page on this and maybe you know some people but how do you how do you start having these conversations with your spouse well, that's kind of what we specialize in, <laughs> generous giving, uh, is creating environments where couples can, can experience the same kind of content and process it together. And again, we don't, we don't give prescriptions for people on how they ought to live. We, we describe generous people and we create a place where people can process together hey what's what's the next step for us if yeah. if if we're married and i think you know a very simple thing ellis is to go to our website at generousgiving.org and watch a story mm -hmm. with your spouse mm -hmm. and say what do you think is, are they crazy how could we move 
towards greater generosity? What would be, what do you love to give to? What, you know, I mean, I, 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 here's something I really strongly believe, Ellis, is that God is more interested in our marital unity than in our generosity. So don't allow this to be a divisive issue in your marriage because God wants you and your spouse on the same page. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't lead each other without leaving each other behind. You know, Hebrews 10, 24, how can we spur one another on towards love and good deeds? Um, and we all need encouragement in this, right? Because we're inundated with, with the counter message from the world, right? So good. So generousgiving.org is your website. What are some things you guys are doing right now? Are you still keeping things virtual? Talk to us about some of the programs or things that people can sign up for and do um, through your, and if there's any cost associated, Todd. Yeah, everything we do for people is free, which is kind of a unique part of our story uh, as a family that, that underwrites our work. So it's a it's just a very generous act so that we can invite people into these experiences. Uh, next week, Ellis, I don't know when this is going to be published, but April 22nd, we are having a night at the Celebration of Generosity. We generally host a large in-person conference, but we just had to cancel our second one due to COVID. Um, and we're going to have an hour long of compelling original programming with Craig Groeschel and Chris and Lauren Tomlin and several stories of radically generous people uh, at eight o'clock Eastern. Where can uh, they watch the recording? Because this will be after that. Yeah, the, it's going to be on our website at, okay. at generousgiving.org. Cool. Um, so and the yeah, jogs of what we've done, right, where people can do like a two-day journey of generosity jog where it'll be facilitated by one of your people and they can bring a group to that. You still offer those? Yeah. Yeah, we're still doing those virtually, uh, which is about a five and a half hour experience, generally over two days, like like we've done them. Yeah. Uh, we also do those in person. So if somebody wants to host a group uh, of their friends in some setting, we'll, we'll send a trained volunteer facilitator to facilitate that conversation. Um, so yeah, all that's available at generousgiving.org. And we're just here to help encourage people on their journey. Yeah. When are we going to get back in person, Todd? I want to know when you guys are going to do things to, you said you had to cancel this one in April. Is there anything in the future this we're, year that's coming yeah, up? A, April of 22, we are going to be in person in Orlando, Florida, uh, for what I believe will be our largest celebration of generosity yet. And it's, I will say it is really cool to walk into a room with, more than 500 people who are radically generous like it's kind of magical to be with that many people who are really you know seeking to give their lives away uh it's wow. pretty cool you'll have to get I've those on our dates best, man i've love... got the best job in the world yeah you'll have to line it up with our with our mastermind calendar so that we can we can put that together that sounds that sounds great todd um What's one thing that you've changed your mind about in the last six months? And this doesn't have to be spiritual. It could be anything. But what's one thing you've changed your mind about in the last six months? Gosh, Ellis, that's a good question. I like that question. Uh, what's one thing that I've changed my mind about? Um, 
I don't know, probably I, I can't like describe exactly the switch, but what has been happening for me is uh, this political reality, the political discourse, just the, the, I would say I'm softening in my positions as I see everybody else dig in on whatever side someone takes. I just feel like, I don't know how people can be so certain about mm. their positions um, because there's so many nuances to all of these issues. And mm. I'm just, I'm aware that my frame of reference is so influenced by my own background and upbringing. Mm. And it's different than so many other people that I frankly really care about and yeah. want to understand where they're coming from. That's awesome, man. Todd, again, tell folks one more time where folks can um, learn more about Generous Giving and get in, get in touch with you. Yeah, generousgiving.org. If you want to reach out to me directly, you can reach out at Todd, T-O-D-D, at generousgiving.org. And uh, we want to help people live into all that God's created them to be. Todd, we typically pray at the beginning of this show, and I intentionally did not because I wanted to wait till the end because I really wanted to ask that you would just pray a, a prayer of blessing um, over this audience and those who are listening and really asking God to unleash them into this mission and this purpose. And so would you would you end this or close this with that prayer? Yeah, I'd be honored to. Heavenly Father, I'm just grateful for anyone who's listening to this program and want to ask for you to grant them favor, to free them to live into all of the, all that you've created them to be. Lord, I, I pray that you would unleash this group of people to be radically generous for your glory, Lord, and that they would experience incredible favor um, and joy, Lord, as uh, we all learn to be more like Jesus and hold on loosely to what you've entrusted to us so that your name might be glorified. Lord, that's what we want to give our lives to. And I pray that you would do that uh, for Ellis, for me, and for any and everyone listening to this. We ask this in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Todd. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you're a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to thekingdomrei.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers. Cheers.